see you later summer. Uh, so every, every summer, we like to have a gathering at the beginning of summer and at the end of summer um, and just celebrate. You know, summer's worth celebrating, amen, except for the temperature. <laughs> That's worth hiding from. Um, but anyway, uh, but uh, did you know this was the hottest summer on record of all time, all history? Yes, I, re- I read this, that it's the hottest summer since time began. Now, the records only began 150 years ago, but they just figured uh, it was the hottest summer ever. So anyway, it, that was a really bad climate change joke. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, thank you for that. So this Wednesday at 6.30, we're going to gather back in the back and um, have a see you later summer. And what we do is we just get back, we get back there, we grill some burgers, we grill some hot dogs, and, and just have a good time fellowshipping. If it's not too terribly hot, we'll get a volleyball game going because this is an Assembly of God church. Um, and we'll have a good time. Make sure you bring a uh, lawn chair. Um, and uh, we're just going to have a good time enjoying each other's company as a family should do. Amen? Hey, so I want to uh, finish our... Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to finish our summer series called Hot Takes. A hot take is when uh, someone thought I said hot cake. That's a pancake you get at McDonald's. Um, a hot take is when you say something and it's kind of speedy, it's kind of hot, you know, it's kind of, it could be controversial. So the first week was women in ministry. We, we asked, hey, what does the Bible say about women serving in leadership roles in ministry? And all of you already knew the end. You, you knew what the Bible said because you've been raised up and taught up right. But the Bible says that women absolutely should serve. Uh, Joel says, my, uh, he, uh, Joel says, when, when <laughs> oh Lord, it says women and men uh, will uh, see visions. And so we're going to we're going to stand with that. And last week, we talked about a biblical view of gender and sexuality. And I think that that was something that is extremely relevant to our current society, something we need to be, uh, we definitely need to be talking about. So this week, I want to talk about something that really gets under a lot of folks' skin. You ready? Take a deep breath. All right, we're going to ask, what does the Bible say about tithing? All right. So a lot of people get really nervous about this one. Now, we have taught this in this church before. We are not afraid to talk about tithing at Community Church North Webster. Now, a lot of, uh, most of our church tithes, if you do not tithe, I want you to prayerfully consider beginning to do so. Because I believe that the Bible teaches that when we tithe, that God blesses us. Now, you might say, well, pastor, that sounds kind of like prosperity preaching. It absolutely is prosperity preaching. You better believe God wants to prosper you. Does that mean that God wants to get you a brand new uh, Mercedes? That's God's business. If God wants to bless you with a million dollars, God will do it. And that may not happen. Reality is that's probably not what's going to happen, but God will prosper you in the ways of life, the parts of life that matters. Peace. 
Come on. It says that God wants us to live joyful, peaceful lives, and he wants us to live life to the fullest. Does that mean that God wants you to have a, a brand new Rolex? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, I'm not saying God can't do what he wants to do, but... What I think God wants to do is he wants to bless you to have peace, okay? And when, when Jesus says blessed, when he's talking about be, people making peace and all these things, he says blessed. He means peaceful. Peaceful are these people. And so, th- so let's look at what this says. So we're going to look at Malachi 3. And the first point I want to make today is tithing. So what does the Bible say about tithing? Well, the first thing it says is that tithing is a test. And it says this, Malachi 3 says, um, I, the Lord, do not change, okay? So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, I don't change, and I remember the covenant I have with you, so that's why you haven't been destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. And we'll move on. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So there's a lot there, church family. There's a lot to look at. First of all, this is the only time in the entire Bible where God says, hey, you can check me on this. Where God says, hey, you can test me. And I just want to tell you, I just want to testify a little bit that we took, we did that test. Brittany and I, we were kind of going through life and we were having, you know, were, were we happy? Yeah. Were we this and that? Yeah. We were good, but we were, we were doing good, but we were not doing great. And let me tell you, good is the greatest enemy of great. Okay. And so we tested God. We said, Hey, you know what? We, we don't think we can afford to tithe, but we're just going to do it. And so we started doing it. We started doing that. Can I tell you what happened church? God honored his promise because that's what he does first of all. And all of a sudden, our, our, we, we got used in ministry and we had peace about this and peace about that. And we went from, we went from living paycheck to paycheck. And this is the wildest thing. We said, no, I don't think we can afford to tithe. I don't think we can do it. We're living paycheck to paycheck. So we started tithing, giving away a bunch of money and stopped living paycheck to paycheck. Let me tell you something. When you give to God, he will bless you. Does that mean you're rich? No, not financially, but it means you're richly blessed. And I'll tell you something, you know, everybody knows what I do. I'm a funeral director, you know, and I tell people this, hey, we, and Allison is too, so y'all can clap for Allison, come on. Because y'all, listen, it's real sometimes, but we put the fun in funeral, okay? And listen, 
But I'll tell you, we've buried a lot of rich people and a lot of poor people. And let me tell you what I mean when I say we've buried a lot of rich people. Rich people, they come in, and a lot of times they're, they're not buried in a suit, and they're buried in a cheap casket, but the room is surrounded by legacy. The room is full of kids and grandkids and great-grands that loved that person. And I have buried millionaires who only had their siblings there because they didn't have anyone that loved them unconditionally. Rich does not mean money, okay? So for me, uh, as a pastor, when I see someone begin to tithe, that tells me that that person is truly in because you can go to church you can serve you can be on the praise team you can do all these things and that looks great hey man i'm i'm proud of you you're serving you're helping you're present but when you begin to tithe that tells me that you are all in where listen where your treasure is that's where your heart's going to be so uh Tithing is a test. God says you can test me in this. And I promise you when you do that, that God will um, make good on his promise. The second thing is tithing is biblical. Tithing is biblical. It existed. This is what people say. They say, do you tithe? Do, do you guys teach tithing in your church? And here's the thing. We do teach, we teach that tithing is valuable and that tithing is good. But honestly, we, we teach generosity. Because here's what happens. You could tithe and just do it as a thing you do. Oh, yeah, I just pay my tithe. My, you know, my, my mom or whoever taught me to pay my tithe. And there could be no heart in it. God values the heart behind the giving. So tithe, listen, a tithe may not be for you. It may be more. Let me challenge you with that. I, I met a man and in fact, he wanted to come preach here. He, he gives seminars on this. He just has this great understanding of generosity and giving. And he said, Pastor, I can't tithe. I said, what do you mean you can't tithe? He said, because it wouldn't be a sacrifice. And I, what, excuse me? And he said, it's a sacrifice. And if I just give, if I just shoot a little tenth, he said, God has blessed me so abundantly that if all I give is a tenth, then I'm short, I, I'm, I'm short giving. I'm not giving all that I could. And so be generous. Don't lock yourself into, listen, you should tithe. And, and that tithe means 10th always, okay? Tithe always means first, ten, first 10%, okay? And so, but here's the thing. Open your heart to what God is speaking to you. Because God, you know, you may give a 10th and then God says, hey, use this percentage for whatever, and you need to be open to that because let me, let me tell you this. When you give freely, when you are generous, God will honor that. People, again, people freak out. That's prosperity. That means give to get. No, I'm not telling you to give to get. I'm telling you to give because God says to and that God always honors those who serve him. So tithe, this is what people say. Well, tithing is not in the New Testament. Tithing was an old thing. That was an Old Testament thing. Well, let me give you this this morning because it's a hot take. And we're, we want to know what the Bible says. And the Bible says this, that the tithe existed before the law, during the law, and after the law. So the Bible tells us this. It tells us that God is love. 
We shouldn't steal or murder. We shouldn't, uh, we should love our neighbor and we should pray for our enemies. We all agree with those things, right? Those are all in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So here's the thing, and this church understands this, understands this very well, I believe, that we take the entire Bible. We don't just take one part and throw away the rest. We don't take one verse and pick that out and say, ooh, that's a really good one there, and throw the rest out. All of it or none of it, hermeneutics. We know about this in this church because we talk openly about understanding what the Bible is really saying. We want to know the context. We want to know the language. We want to know the history. We want to know all those things so that we can fully grasp and not just look and say, well, that says do this and just run with that. We want to know why does it say that and what does scripture mean? That's what hermeneutics is. And it's so valuable. Okay. So The Old Testament says all of those things, we shouldn't steal, we shouldn't murder, we should love our neighbor, that, you know, that God is love. The Old Testament says that, and the New Testament says that, so we're going to accept the whole whole thing, right? Old and New Testament. You can't take some and leave the other. So, the tithe existed before the law. Let me give you this. Genesis 14 says this, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high and he blessed Abram saying, blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth and praise be to God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a 10th of everything. That was 500 years before the law. And Genesis 28 says this, all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. That's 400 years before the law. Leviticus 27 says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And that's the law. Then, finally, what if I said this? If someone says, well, I, Pastor, I, I don't really want to do that because I just feel like, listen, the way that you get away from tithing is you have to do some crazy theological, philosophical, hermeneutical gymnastics. I mean, you have got to go. You have to do all these crazy uh, maneuvers to get away from this when simply if you could just back up and say, hey, what does the Bible really say? Then you would realize that God gives us this. He gives us this. And so what if I said this, what, that Jesus said to tithe? No, he didn't. Well, let's look. Let's look at what he says. So he says this in Matthew 23. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, and Tony Shasheries. Oh, wait, that's not what it says. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Watch this. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So Jesus says do it. And you can't run in here and say, well, Pastor, Jesus didn't say do that. Wait a minute now. You have got to, I'm telling you guys, you have got to do some wacky stuff to get away from this. And there are a lot of teachers out there that teach you, oh, you know, you, tithing is dead. Tithing is Old Testament. Tithing is just a scam for pastors to get money. Well, hold on, guys. You need to check your heart on this. And, and y'all, I'm going to just speak from, from testimony here. I used to think that way. I used to, I got so mad 
uh, one time there was a pastor friend I had and, and he confronted me because I wasn't, I wasn't tithing um, what he thought I should. And I wasn't. Uh, one of the easiest ways to tell if someone's tithing, I mean, we don't go in there, we don't call people and say, hey, how much money do you make? I need to do the math and see if you're tithing. We don't do that. But if I see that someone is not uh, giving with some regularity, then I know that maybe there's an issue here, okay? And it's not something we get legalistic about at this church. We never will. I've heard it taught that if you don't tithe, you aren't saved. That's not true. But you're probably not blessed. All right. So, or blessed as you could be. So I had a pastor friend and he confronted me because I wasn't giving with regularity. I got really upset. I got so mad. And I remember just griping to my pastor, to Pastor Garth. And I said, Pastor, you know, he, he really needs to shut his mouth because he doesn't know me. And, and he said, whoa. He said, you need to check your heart. He said, why are you so mad about this? And I was like, yeah, shut up. You know, I immediately, you know, the conviction, Holy Spirit spoke through him. What's the problem? What's the problem? Here's the thing. If, if we don't give, this is what God says, that, my, that there will be food in my house. What's the house of God? This gathering place. Obviously, we're the temple, and he dwells amongst us, but this is the sending point. And if the church doesn't give, what happens? The church is not available to bless. You guys heard of these wildfires? Messing some things up? Don't you know that churches are running? I talked to our regional presbyter yesterday, and I said, Pastor Scott, how can we help? And he said, we already have, through Healing Place Church in Shreveport, there is a, uh, they're, they're getting ready to send. And if you want to give towards that, well, um, talk to Pastor Daphne, and we'll get that set up where you can give towards the relief effort. If you want to bring water up here, we'll get that to these people. This church always jumps to action. But if you close, if you close your wallet and you close your heart, how are you impacting things like that? How are you helping to empower the church to go and to be the hands and feet if you don't jump on board with that? And so God sets this up. And when you do that, again, I, you can get mad at me if you want and say, Pastor, that's kind of prosperity. Well, listen, man, if you support the ministry, I don't care. God's going to bless you. I don't care. Listen, so there was a, I remember uh, when Rod Parsley, some of you guys might remember him. He was going around and doing a bunch of evan evangelism and crusades. And Mel Gibson gave his ministry a bunch of money. And there were people that said, Pastor Rod, you need to turn that money away because Mel Gibson's a sinner. What are you talking about? No, no, if someone wants to give into ministry, that's going to be used for ministry. We're not going to turn that thing away. I love this story. This, there was an atheist person lived next to a little, a little church, church mother, and uh, she was struggling, and, and he, he came and he, he talked to her. They were out getting their mail one day, and he said, don't you think it's silly for you to give your money away? She said, what do you mean? And she, he said, don't you pay tithe at your church? And she said, well, yes. He said, that's the stupidest thing. He said, ma'am, you're, you're on a fixed income. You have a small budget. And you're giving your money. That is so stupid. And, you know, it hurt her feelings. But she went home and she prayed for him. And, and she just went on with her business. And then uh, he, he thought about something. He said, you know what, I'm going to get some groceries. 
<laughs> and I'm going to show her that God doesn't provide. I'll provide. So he went to the store and he just bought bags and bags of groceries. And he took them and he, he set them in her, uh, in, in her, on her porch and he went and he hid. And the lady came home and she started praising God. Oh, thank you, Lord, for these groceries. Thank you, Lord. And he jumped out of the bushes and he said, ha! Ah, God didn't, God didn't get those for you. I did. I blessed you. I did it. Not God. And she says, thank you, Lord, for blessing me with these groceries and making the devil pay for it. <laughs> so remember that. And again, we're not teaching you that giving is forgetting, but we are teaching you that God does honor and that God does bless. So, so Jesus said to do this. And the third thing I want to give you this morning is that tithing is... Uh, powerful tithing breaks the curse. And it says this, Second Chronicles 31 says, And Azariah, the chief priest from the family of Zadok, answered, Since the people began to bring their contributions to the temple of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare because the Lord has blessed his people and this great amount is left over. So there was a big problem and they were having issues and they began to reinstate this giving. They began to reinstate tithing and the curse was broken. See, what do we mean by cursed? When I say cursed, I don't mean that, that somebody has put some voodoo on you or anything like that, okay? What I mean is that you are not walking in blessing. That's what I mean by that. And, and let me just give you this. It's better to be blessed. People get freaked out. Well, I, I give away give away some of my money, give away some of my stuff. How am I going to make it? Let me tell you something, the church. It would be better to be blessed on 90% than cursed with 100%. Yes. Okay? It would be better to be blessed with what? With, with 90 than be cursed with 100. How many people do you know that have money, 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 money everywhere and they are unhappy as they can be? Unhappy as they can be. I remember my grandpa told me one time, because I had started mowing grass when I was a teenager, and, uh, and I, I had a little, I had like a hundred bucks, y'all, and I thought I was a baller, okay? <laughs> so I was like, hey, Brittany, you want to go to Mickey D's? I'm paying. It's, big, it's kind of a big situation, y'all just don't know. And I talked to my grandpa about this, and I was, you know, just really, he could see that this temptation to just fall in love with money was present. And he said, I want to tell you something. He said, money will not ever make you happy. And I'm like, well, buy stuff that makes me happy. And he says, all those things can go away. All those things are, are temporary. They're junk. He said, you need a little money to get by. He said, but you need to find happiness in permanent things. And um, anyway, so Malachi 3.9 says, we just read this. It says that, <clears throat> it says, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Could it be that because we, with, we withhold part of our heart, remember, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, okay? So if we withhold from God, we're withholding part of our heart. So this is the thing, you know, people, I told you that I had been taught that tithe, not tithing meant you were sinning. I don't think so. I don't think we can back that up biblically. But what we can do biblically is say that if you withhold that, that you are not fully all in. And here's what I think. I think that when we have one foot out in the world, you know, we say, hey, God, I'm going to lean almost all the way on you, but I'm going to keep one foot way out here. 
you're still going to have issues. And what I have realized, and again, this is our testimony, is that when we said, God, we are all in withholding nothing. We're going to give whatever you say give. We're going to start with 10. That's the starting point. But God, if you say give 50, that's what we're going to do. We realized that all of a sudden, all these things we were, you know, we were fighting about, we're having, you know, issues with, we're arguing all the time or we're stressed. All those things began to just alleviate. And it's like, what happened? And the thing is, we stopped withholding that one little piece you have to give all of yourself to Jesus. Listen, here's the thing. God didn't give part of himself. Jesus didn't go up there and say, just prick my finger. Okay, that'll be enough blood. No, he died. He got on the cross. He was beaten. It wasn't just a partial thing. He was all in. And thank God that he, that he rose and he defeated death and he is our redemption. But church family, you've got to think about that. Check your heart. Are you all in? Okay, then that's what happened. So Malachi 3.11 says this, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then the nations will call you blessed for yours will be <clears throat> a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. What he's saying is you are protected from this curse. How many people do you know that live on fixed incomes and they still, every, they're, cutting that, they're writing that tithe check, they're writing that tithe check, and you think, how do you make it? And these people, they don't want. They're happy. They're not freaking out thinking, man, I really need the, I need that new iPad. <laughs> they're living blessed. They have everything they need. God provides for them and God provides peace for them. And that's what God, listen, again, I don't, if God wants to bless you financially, he's gonna do it. But he wants to protect you from a curse. He wants you to protect you from getting out of that blessed zone. And so let me just encourage you, <clears throat> if you're here this morning, you don't tithe. You need to think about starting. You need to pray about starting. And this is what I can, this is the most common thing other than, well, church people don't usually say that tithing is not in the word because they believe it is, but they're scared. And they say this, pastor, I can't afford. I can't afford to tithe. As long as you say that, you never will. As long as you say, I can't, we can't, you won't do it. And that's not just with tithing, that's with everything. I can't do it, I can't do it. Well, then you're not gonna. You have to step out in faith. You better believe when we started tithing, <clears throat> we were, again, we were living paycheck to paycheck and we were not great with money. And we, as a, as a husband and wife, we decided, hey, we're gonna start tithing. And it was spooky that first time. You know, we thought, like, are we gonna die? Like, what's gonna happen? And so we sent the money. And nothing happened. Wow. And immediately, this peace just flowed into our lives. And I'm telling you, some of you guys, you've been struggling with things, and this is the one thing that's stopping it. This is the one thing that's stopping that peace from flowing into your lives. And you say, Pastor, I'm at church. I pray, and I praise, and I read the word. This one thing is the holdout that you need to get past. Can I say that as a, as, as a pastor? 
that loves his people and wants to see you blessed. That's why, that's why we preach this. That's why we teach tithing because I want you to be so stinking blessed. I want you to be so blessed that when you walk down the road, people are like, oh man, <laughs> oh, why is he so blessed? That's what I want for you. And I believe that's what God wants for you too. I think that God wants to bless you with his presence and his peace abundantly. So the, the fourth thing I want to give you, and I'm going to hurry. Tithe must be first, okay? Let me, t- let me teach you the principle of first. Uh, the firstborn, this is from Exodus, must be sacrificed or redeemed, okay? Why first? Because the first redeems the rest, okay? Unclean must be redeemed by clean. Jesus was our clean redeemer. <clears throat> the firstborn redeems the rest, not the tenth, the first. Now, let me say this. We're not legalistic, okay? <clears throat> so I don't know how you, how you give. I don't know how you tithe. Um, we've got a bunch of different ways. You know, you can, you can give here in this box. There's boxes on the walls. You can, most people use our text to give. Ours auto drafts. I think that's the best way because you forget. And so what, what happens? Let's say you're, you know, you get paid and something comes through the bank before you write your tithe check. God's not going to come in and be like, oh, you're done. <laughs> it's over. Oh, you know, we're not going to freak out. Oh, I'm cursed. I'm cursed because I, you know, I went to Chavo's before I paid my tithe. Listen, that's not, again, God is interested in your heart. Okay, God's interested in your heart. Now, I don't think, you know, we're not going to be legalistic with it, but you need to make a habit of making it first. Can I just give you this? Listen, Chrysler Capital cannot bless your finances. They don't want to bless your finances. They want to make money, okay? Whoever you're paying interest, I hope that you're debt-free. And if you're not, you really need to think about getting that way. Um, But whoever you pay interest payments to, they don't have the, the spiritual power to bless you, to, to remove the curse off your finances. And I want to, again, I want to go around with 90% that's blessed rather than 100% that's cursed. And so the first thing we want to do is pay our tithe and say, God, we are trusting you with this. This is what you told us to do. Here it is. And, and just pray a blessing over it. You ought to do that. And so the principle of first, it's First, Jesus is the firstborn. He redeems the rest. It's always like that in scripture. The firstborn redeems the rest, not the tenth, the, not, you know, not the fifth one, the sixth one, the seventh one, the first. So the first fruits must be offered. Proverbs 3 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Exodus 23 says, bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord, your God. Now you notice it says, bring, bring, bring. Why? Why does it say bring? I wanna give you something here. And this is what broke me. This is what messed me up when I realized this. You have to bring the tithe because it's not yours. And you can't give away something that doesn't belong to you. Let me say that again. God has blessed you with what you have. And once you get to that point, to that place in your brain and your heart that what I have is not mine, it is 
uh, what I have is not mine. It belongs to the Lord, and he is letting me be a steward, okay? When you realize that, giving becomes easy because you say, oh, God, you've trusted me with this. You haven't placed it under my authority, but you've trusted me as a steward, and God wants good stewardship. And so he says, bring, not give, because you can't give what isn't yours. And, and I realized this. This is what made Brittany and I decide, hey, we got to get out of debt. Because God challenged me, and he said, that, he said, you got a car sitting out there. We had a Jeep. He said, what if I asked you to give that away? Could you? And I'm like, well, no, because <laughs> it doesn't belong to me. I just make the payments. And that messed me up. Because I realized, wow, if God asked me to bless somebody with that, I couldn't do it. So it's something to think about. Um, why <clears throat> didn't God accept Cain's offering? I struggled with this because, uh, let, let me ask you a show of hands, who is the first, like who is the oldest sibling in your house? Come on, yeah. Yes, you know what it's all about, okay? Big brother, big sister uh, power, dude. And so, I, so when I read, um, I had a teen study Bible, y'all. And I was reading in Genesis, and I read the story of Cain and Abel. And I realized, like, Cain gave. And I said, what? Wait a minute, God. How come you didn't honor... I, I, What's up with Cain? Why didn't you, why didn't you honor what Cain? You didn't accept what Cain gave, but you accepted what Abel gave. Why is that? Let's read it. Genesis 4. It says, in the course of time, uh-oh, Cain brought some, uh-oh, of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering. Fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And we all know the rest of the story. God, can, God says, hey, Cain, what's the matter with you? And Cain goes and he kills his brother. It's terrible. Why? What happened? And I thought, God, why would you do that? Why would you not accept? You know, because in the New Testament, we hear about this lady that gave this one little, you know, she gave her last money. And, and you know, we teach that. And God, why didn't you honor that? The reason is God could not honor that because God cannot accept something that's not first. God cannot accept seconds. You can't take for yourself, ooh, cool, I got the best. Oh, oh, yeah, here, Lord, here's one piece. You can't do that. And a lot of people do, and that's how they get under this curse, walking outside of the blessed, what I like, what I would call the blessed zone. That's how that happens, because instead of placing God first, God has to be first in everything. You get what I'm saying? And this, isn't not, this is not just for tithe. God has to be first in every aspect of your life, your speech, what you're looking at, what you're thinking about, what you're doing. God must be first. And if he's not, we all of a sudden walk around and have all these problems, and we think, man, what happened here? Well, you didn't put God first. So God literally could not accept and honor Cain's offering because Cain waited and he thought about it and then he brought just something. And God can't accept just something. God has to have the first and the best. And that's what God wants of you. He wants your absolute best. God can't be second in our lives, church family. 
And the, the last thing I want to give you this morning is that tithing is personal. This is the last thing. So, so we've talked about what does the Bible really say about tithing? And I hope that you don't think pastors up here fussing about giving because I'm not. Can I just brag on community church? Normally in summer, uh, there's something called summer slump where attendance goes way down. And, you know, pastor, I come in here every Sunday. I'm like, is there anybody going to be here? You know, <clears throat> our attendance has held pretty steady. We've got people in and out, people on vacation. Take your vacation. You worked all week. It's summer. It's nice. Take your vacation. Nobody's going to freak out, okay? But normally, with that attendance drop, tithe giving also goes down. Can I brag on community church? Our giving went up this summer. So, come on. That's you. And God, you better believe that God will honor that. If you're one of those people that you say, hey, you know what? We're going to commit to giving. We're going to commit to giving not just what we were giving, but more. You better believe God is going to honor that. God honors good stewardship. And so, uh, the, so the last thing I want to say this morning is, is tithing is personal. And I'm not, I'm not gonna put, put fussing about tithing. I want you to tithe because I want you to be blessed. I want you to be generous because God is generous. And we want to mirror. We want to be those image bearers. Come on, we've talked about this. Mirroring the character and the personality of God to the world. And so, yeah, we want to be generous. And when you, when you, what I've learned is people that tithe are super mega generous. Tithers, people that are very, very, very strict and good with tithing, they give like no one else. And I think that God empowers them to do that. People I know that tithe, they will come in and they will bless folks. You know, we've got a couple in this church that's helping bless a girl with a car right now. This is happening currently. And it blows me away. I was driving yesterday and I just got all teary-eyed, y'all. Because <laughs> I was thinking about how God is so good and how God empowers us to be good too. So tithing is personal. Imagine, and I've told this story before. I've used this metaphor. But imagine I, if, I, if I left some, and I was going on a missions trip or something. And I called, let's just say Jason. I said, hey, Jason, I'm going to be gone for three months. And every month I'm going to send you, I'm going to give you $10,000 and I want you to take a thousand of that ten and go make sure that, that Brittany and the kids have everything they need. And you can keep the rest. Imagine I did that. It, it ain't gonna work. Fifty thousand and I'll give you five. Anyway, it's just it's simple math, y'all. Simple. I have to I gotta keep the numbers small. Just, it's, it's a tenth, it's a tenth. Imagine I did that. And when I, you know, let's say I was gone and then I came back and I'm like, hey, did the, how'd that work out? And Jason's like, well, you know, <laughs> it was weird to give away that money. So I just, I gave her part of it. And how do you think I'd, would I call, if, if I did that again, would I, would I say, hey, Jason, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this again. I'm going to give you that money again. No, because he didn't do what I asked him to do. 
Jesus refers to the church as his bride. And we need to do what he asks us to do. He says this in the Old Testament. He says, I will prevent the pest from devouring your crops. The nations will call you blessed. He said, I will come in and do this. I. And let me give you this as I close. That. So tithing is personal. It's, it's probably the most intimate thing you can do in your walk with the Lord. Why? Because your money is your safety. Your treasure is your safety net. People literally will call it that. They call it a nest egg. They call it this. They call it that. And for you to take that, especially in a world as wacky as ours, people hoard their wealth. People hoard things because we often don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, it could be something crazy. Probably will be something crazy. And so for you to come in and and say, hey, instead of, you know, buying a stockpile of prepper food or whatever, I'm going to give some tithe. I'm going to give to the church. I'm going to give to this ministry or that ministry. That's very personal. And that's very trusting of, of the Lord. God, I trust you. I trust you with this. And you work for your money. You work hard. And if you're retired and you receive payments, then guess what? You worked hard for a long time to earn that. And so for you to turn around and say, God, I'm giving this. I'm handing this back to you. I'm bringing this back. Because remember, it's not ours. God provides. I'm bringing this back to you. Because that's what you asked me. That's what you told me to do. That is incredibly personal. To me, that's more intimate than you raising your hands in worship. Because anybody can raise their hands in worship. Anybody can, oh yeah, I love the Lord. And then that could be superficial, but for you to bring that tithe, that's personal. And let me say this. God doesn't, God is so good. He doesn't ask his people to just do a bunch of weird, wacky things. God doesn't just command, go do this thing. God leads and God guides, okay? And God leads us in this and teaches us in in this giving thing that God gave first. God gave first. What did God give? Life. And again, Anybody that wants to fuss about tithing Old Testament, tithing New Testament, God gave first. He gave us life twice. In the Old Testament, God breathed life into man. We kind of made a mess of things, didn't we? And so in the New Testament, that new covenant, God sends life again. God gave the firstborn to redeem the rest. Who's the rest? We are. Our redemption is comes because God gave. God gave his only begotten son so whoever believes in him would, have, would not perish but have eternal life. Come on, you know that. So who am I to say, God, I'm not gonna give because I just don't feel like it. 
when my father gave his son so that I could live. So think about that. Think about that. Our redemption is because God gave. I hope that you have heard me this morning. And again, I don't think that this is a generous church. This church gives. But if you've been struggling with you know, whether or not you should tithe, whether or not you should give. I hope that I've said something today that, that landed with you, that struck a chord. And if you've been struggling with that, I wanna just encourage you, and then we're gonna pray. I wanna encourage you. If you've been struggling with giving and you, you just, you keep trying to do the math, you keep trying to figure out how's this gonna work? How's this gonna work? How's this gonna work? If you keep doing that, you're never gonna start tithing. You are never gonna figure out a way where it makes sense on the world standards for you to just give 10% of your income away. It's not gonna happen. Uh, if you go to worldly financial advisors and you say, hey, I give this money away, they're gonna go, what are you doing that for? Which is why you shouldn't go to uh, worldly financial advisors. Um, if you keep trying to figure it out and you don't just trust, you don't trust what God says and God leads you to do, you're gonna keep spinning your wheels. So what I wanna do this morning is I wanna pray. I wanna pray for two things. Number one, that if someone's here and they've been struggling with this idea of tithing, this teaching of tithing, and, and God, I just can't figure it out. I, I just, uh, I'm worried about doing it. That God will give us peace. God will give us peace knowing that when we give, that it is honored and that we can trust God with our giving. And the second thing is that those who have been giving, that the floodgates of heaven would open continuously, that blessing would just overflow, that peace would enter their house, would descend on them, that every step that they take would be ordered and honored, that God would bless. So let's do that. Would you stand with me this morning?